today on the Travel Guys. In the travel news, U.S. mayors petition to help foreign visitors get visas in a more timely fashion. And United Airlines brags about its new policy, which allows families to sit together. Our opinion? Family flyers, you've been seriously duped. Details next in the news. Some destination love travelers, some do not. We have updates from Italy and New York in our Smarter Traveler segment at 320. You check your bag at the airport and you never see it again. It must go somewhere. Scottsboro, Alabama is at somewhere. Can people buy things from your lost bag? The answer is yes. The story from Unclaimed Baggage at 335. Did you hear about the couple that abandoned their child at check-in? Part of the weird travel news coming up at 3.50. Thanks for stopping by. If you're a traveler, we've got things to make you smarter right here on The Travel Guys. On the road again. I've been everywhere, man. Welcome to a uh, Sunday edition of, well, it's the only edition there is, isn't it? Unless you want to go and pick us up on uh, on a podcast or iHeartRadio on a podcast. Good recovery. I, I know. We are we are the travel and entertainment guys, Mark Hoffman and Tom Romano with you. Brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations. Thanks for coming along. We've got a fun show today, and we're really pretty excited about the interview at uh, 35 today with the unclaimed baggage i had so many questions for uh our guest that uh the, the interview is pretty long yeah but you know i mean think about it folks where does all that uh, lost stuff and we're not talking about just the bags but all the stuff in them end up well the cool thing and, is you used to have to go to this place in Al- in a small town outside of birmingham alabama basically it's about halfway between birmingham and chattanooga uh, to be able to, and then you could, you know, you could buy this stuff that was in people's suitcases. Well, now you can buy things online. From you could literally buy your own stuff. <laughs> <laughs> what if you went online and you were going through their website? You're like, wow, that looks incredibly familiar. You know, after the airline had paid you for losing it, you could go online and buy it back. I think it's it's really fascinating. There are. Uh, it's one of the places in the country that I've always wanted to go to, just to see what it looks like and what it, you know, I'm kind of an off-the-beaten-track guy. So anyway, Unclaimed Baggage is the name of it, and uh, they are, they even did a road show where they ran around with some of their stuff on the road. Anyway, um, the gal from Unclaimed Baggage is going to join us at 335, and it's really kind of a fun interview. And besides, it's raining outside, and it's miserably cold. You've got nowhere to go and nothing to do. So and the Super Bowl isn't on. <laughs> So there you have it. Speaking of of, of what's not on, uh, baseball has officially uh, begun spring training games. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm yeah. guessing you have been already uh, following along with the Giants. They they're they're playing, I think, as we speak. I've been watching. Yes, it's nice to have baseball getting. And of course, you know, it doesn't rain in Phoenix all winter long, and then baseball starts and it rains. Um, what's really going to be really interesting this year is that you know there's a pitch clock now so for people who don't follow baseball closely baseball has gotten 
slower. Games have gotten a half hour or so longer over the last 25 years or so because the players stand out there and piddle around a lot. So they've been putting some rules in this year to speed the game up. And the interesting thing, just in the first, like, 20 games that have been played, uh, the games are 25 minutes faster, which is, a, which is no coincidence because last year they had these rules in the minor leagues, and the games were exactly 25 minutes faster. So you're taking a three-hour game and turning it into a two-and-a-half-hour game, which might help um, interest in the sport. Um, so we'll we'll see. It'll be kind of interesting. If you're a fan of the River Cats, they played under these rules uh, last year, but people like the Giants and A's will have to do it. Anyway, this isn't a sports show, so we digress. Okay, well, let's make it what it is. At the top of every Travel Guys radio program, we bring you up to date on the travel news. And with it, here's Mark. We do, like it or not. There was so much news this week, and a lot of it really fit into the strange news. So hang around, because after that interview with Unclaimed Baggage at 3.50 today, we're going to have the weird travel news, because there is some really weird stuff. All right. Uh, From our own Sacramento airport, uh, Southwest Airlines has added a trip to Nashville. Ever been to Nashville, Tom? I have not always wanted to. Uh, kind of looking forward to maybe taking that uh, that Southwest. What are they doing? They're starting Saturdays. Is yeah, that correct? Yeah, it's just just on Saturday. Starts uh, actually in just a couple of weeks in March, and then starting in September, there will be also a Sunday nonstop. Mm-hmm. Of course, you can get to Nashville on one stop flights, changes of planes and stuff like that. So it's not like you can't get there, but the nonstop certainly makes it easier. Nashville is a really fun town. Um, it's more fun on the weekends, but it's also more expensive on the weekends because that's when things like the Grand Ole Opry and stuff are going on. So anyway, nonstop flight to Nashville on Saturdays. I'm guessing there's probably one coming home also on Saturdays. I, I would think so. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, so. <laughs> we, we mentioned this in the headlines um, about visas and people from overseas. This has been going on for a while. People from overseas are waiting a year, sometimes even two years, to get a visa to visit us here. You would say, well, why is that important? Well, because those people come here and they spend a lot of money. And the biggest positive in the balance of trade over the last, oh, almost two decades has not been with goods going back and forth on on the countries. It's been with services, people coming here and spending. We've had a huge surplus the amount of money that visitors spend here far exceeds the amount of money that we spend there. Does that make sense? Yeah. So um, so that really is, from an economic standpoint, it's very good for the country because it means we're making a profit. And since we tend to have social programs and the like that operate at a deficit, it's good if we had parts of our budget that operate at a profit. And overseas travelers coming to the United States have been a – a profit margin for a long time. However, um, last year they dropped from an average of $90 billion plus surplus a year before COVID down to a $4 billion surplus last year. So fewer international people are coming. Part of that has been because there have been fewer ways to get here. But part of it is because we have made it very difficult for people from other countries to get in here, in here, even just on travel visas, and unfortunately, that comes sort of with a cost. Um, those people are not getting here, so they're not spending the money, and they're not creating to a trade surplus that the travel industry creates. So it'll be interesting to see if anything happens there. Um, 
we mentioned also in the headlines last week, uh, the president, week before last, in the State of the Union, went after not only resort fees but just businesses that tra- charge bogus fees completely, and he also mentioned airlines not letting families sit together. So a couple airlines this week decided, I guess, that they were going to be proactive. Uh, United and Frontier were two of them, and jumped out and said, oh, we have new family-friendly policies. Now, Southwest is the only airline really that has a true family-friendly policy because they let families board after a third of the plane is filled. So at that point in time, a family of four or even six or seven is going to be able to find seats together. It might not be in the first two rows, but it'll be somewhere on the plane. Other airlines charge for seating. United Airlines, which spent a lot of time bragging last week about what great citizens they are for allowing this, families will now be able to sit together. Well, the reason families can't sit together in the first darn place is that United has taken a whole bunch of seats on their plane there's an area up in the front called Economy Plus. It's extra leg room, and you pay for that, and you get more room. Okay, fine. Then there are the exit rows. Then there are a whole bunch of seats around, just in front of and just behind the exit rows that United has decided are preferred seats, that they can get you to pay a little bit extra if you want a window or an aisle in those rows. There's no extra leg room or extra comfort involved. They're simply extracting some extra dollars. So when you go on the seating chart on the, to buy a ticket, you will see there's only four, five, six rows at the back of the plane that come, and those middle seats up the middle, that to come without a price attached to them. So that's what makes it so hard for a family. If you're booking even a month or two out, you could go online. It's entirely possible you can't find three or four or six seats together without paying an upcharge. So United says, we're going to be incredibly gracious citizens and drop that bogus upcharge so you can sit together. And my comment would just be that if you hadn't created the problem by charging more money for those seats in the first place, families wouldn't be having a problem getting seated together, and you wouldn't have to declare yourself a hero. So United basically is just backing off for families. Some of those preferred seat charges, not the economy plus seats now, but just these seats where they've decided you'll pay more for aisles or windows. That's kind of a long-winded explanation. But basically, United created their own problem. Frontier says, well, we'll allow people to get seats um, together just before check-in opens. Well, that's not going to be a problem on Frontier because they charge for every seat. So there are lots of seats available on Frontier right before check-in. So that won't really be a problem. So once again, an airline is bragging about the fact that they've solved the problem that they helped create. So I might just suggest that, that you know, they, they need to just shut up. And uh, it, it's one thing to create the problem. It's another thing to come out and try to take credit for solving it when when you do. Yes, sir. I, I, I don't know. Maybe it's because I all I do is fly southwest. I buy a ticket. That means I get a seat on the plane, right. uh, depending on uh, how quickly I can check in when check-in time comes. Or if I want to spend a couple bucks more, but but if not, uh, you know, I've always got a seat on the plane. And it, by listening to you, it sounds like United and, and a lot of the other planes, you don't get a seat on the plane without having to pay extra for the seat on the plane. It's very possible. So, so to, what is it? So what is yes. it that you get when you buy a ticket on United? Well, um, the right to buy a seat on the plane. <laughs> You're uh, you're getting a lot smarter at this, Mr. Romano. You're becoming a much smarter traveler. Yeah, that's the whole deal is that all of these seats that used to be free and really don't carry any extra value in terms of space or comfort or anything, they're just a little closer to the front of the aircraft. 
So if you're concerned about – that's why we talk to people about connections. You know, If you're in the back of the plane, it's going to take you 15 minutes to get off the plane. So if it takes you 15 minutes to walk to your gate and your connection is only 30, 35 minutes, you've got some serious problems. Uh, if your plate's 10, 10 minutes late, you've really got a problem. So it's – I don't know. It's funny to watch the airlines – try to come back and say, well, look, here, we'll help solve this problem. The reason it was so easy to solve was because of the fact that they created the problem. So I'm going to suggest to you that, that really and truly um, all they've done is just rolled back a rule. They've, they've graciously given up a small percentage of the money they're extracting from people for sitting on the window or the aisle in a part of the plane that really carries no extra value. Okay, um, quick thing here. A listener has pointed out to me that um, he says that um, here's a key if you're flying into a secondary city this summer, like you're flying to Rapid City, South Dakota, because you want to go see Mount Rushmore. And you look and you see that the airfare from Sacramento is $1,000, but the air into Denver is only $450. You're going to rent a car when you get to Rapid City anyway. You could rent a car in Denver, drive for four hours each direction, and save yourself about $600 in airfare. Wouldn't even have to add an extra night to your trip hotel-wise. So he mentioned that he was going to Green Bay and that flying into Chicago was about $500 round trip, but flying into Green Bay, which is 40 minutes north of Chicago on a miserably small airplane, was about $400 more. He said, well, I'm renting a car and going on vacation when I get to Green Bay anyway. I'll rent the car in Chicago and... Just get off the plane there. He's not doing anything wrong. It's none of this hidden city stuff or anything. He's just decided that. So his point, and I thought it was a good point because I, I then went and checked a few of these online. If you're going to a small, let's say you're flying to Seattle and then you're flying on to another smaller city um, up in that area, why that you might be smarter just to fly to the primary city. So if you're taking a vacation in a secondary city and you look at the airfare and you say, wow, that's a lot of money. You might just say, look at the fact that maybe fly into the primary city, get a rental car from there, and the cost of the rental car might not be any more than it is in the other destination. You might just save yourself a ton of money, plus the fact that if there's several people in your group, then you multiply those savings by three or four if you're traveling with a family. So I thought that was a good tip yeah, from a listener. Yeah, it is. You know, if you wanted to, let's say, your destination – for a holiday uh, here in uh, Northern California with San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Uh, fly to Sacramento. Rent here. Yep. You're an hour and a half uh, away from the city or an hour and a half away from the mountains uh, and make this your, your home base for your your uh, your Bay Area and um, ski vacation. Well, no, if Phoenix is another example. If you were going to Phoenix and your real destination was Flagstaff, Flagstaff, they're going to extract a lot of money for you to fly on a small plane 30 minutes up to Flagstaff. You could rent the car in Phoenix and and drive to Flagstaff and drive back to Phoenix. It just means it's a little bit more circuitous, and that's what the airlines are counting on, is that time is money and that you won't want to do that. But in some cases, for example, in the Denver Rapid City example, there are things to see between Denver and Rapid City, and it's a very nice drive. So if you added a day to your vacation and stayed over in Cheyenne or Lusk or one of those places that was on the way to Rapid City, um, you might get a chance to see something that you wouldn't normally see, and the, the adding the extra day might not add any cost to your vacation because the car and the hotel and the meals would be offset by the savings in airfare. So anyway, just do a little shopping. If you're flying to secondary cities this summer, for a vacation. And that is your travel news for today.
And we are the Travel Guys. Check us out at TravelGuysRadio.com. Some destinations love our, love travelers. They love us when we come, and others not so much. Hey, look, next week we're going to do a, a mailbag uh, segment. And uh, if you have a question you'd like to have answered on the radio, uh, or for that matter, just to have Mark answer your your travel question, go to TravelGuysRadio.com right there on the homepage where it says leave a comment. You can uh, leave your question right there. All right, Mark. So yes, sir. we teased that some places uh, like travelers and some places don't. And we actually mentioned New York City and Italy. So, yeah, well, um, New York. So who, who, who likes us? Who doesn't? Well, uh, here's the problem. Um, you know, as I mentioned in the last segment, travelers from overseas spend more money here than we spend overseas. So that creates a a trade surplus, and it's a good thing for our economy that uh, f- that so many people want to come here. Uh, the, the we want to come here thing is not always good news, all, however, because many of the popular destinations around the planet that people like to come to, the folks who live there are seeing their quality of life impacted. And so they're saying, yeah, maybe not so much. We don't really care if these people come and they create jobs and they draw leave their money here. Uh, they're not good people to have around. They mess things up and they don't treat things well. Um, this has become a huge problem in Hawaii, particularly on the island of Maui, which I like to refer to as Los Angeles in the ocean. Um, people have have developed a habit of going there and just feeling like because maybe because they pay such a premium, for lodging and food and things like that on that island that they can just trash the place and um you you know you go there you just treat it like your wasteland and after a week you go home and you say well you know i i paid all that money i mean surely they'll clean up after me and um you know not so much these residents of Kauai just recently stood up and said no to expanding the airport on in lahui if you've been to the island of Kauai in Hawaii before, you know that um, it's it's a small airport, and there are times of the day when the mainland flights are coming in. There aren't a lot of them to Kauai, but there are a few, and the airport isn't really designed to handle that sort of traffic, and nor the car rental agencies or the baggage claims or things like that, and the place becomes very, very crowded. It could really use a little bit of an expansion. The airport on Maui could use a little bit of an expansion, too. But the folks on Kauai recently, when they had the opportunity to stand up at a council meeting, a county council meeting on the island, each island of Kauai of Hawaii is their own is their own county. Um, the folks on Kauai made enough of a of an upheaval that it was voted it was voted down. They decided not to to consider the airport expansion on Kauai. So that means. Um, and the reason the folks, they don't want more rental cars on the road and they don't want more people leaving their trash around and stuff like that. And they were very vocal about that. So in a situation where a destination that depends on visitors like Hawaii, when the people who live there come back and say, you know what, eh, not so much. Um, that's time, I think, for people to pay attention. New York City is enacting uh, steep congestion tolls for cars and trucks. Um, soon, it looks like. And one of the reasons they're saying is because, well, with all the visitors we have in the city, uh, it's it just adds to the traffic, and it's a problem. So particularly around the airports. 
Um, New Zealand has a new hull law that prevents uh, cruise ships from coming in. Um, if frequently things attach themselves to the hulls of ships, and so things that you don't want in your port arrive on the hull of a cruise ship because the cruise ship didn't take the time to scrub down the hull enough fre- frequently enough. So New Zealand has just said, you know what? Um, you want to come here and your hull's not clean, then you're not coming here. Sorry. Um, if we have to turn you around at the harbor's edge, then that's what we're going to do. Juno has capped the number of cruise ship calls in their uh, in their city. And the way they did that was their um, folks went to meetings in the city and said, look, there are too many people here, so five ships a day is enough. Five ships a day in a town the size of Juno. That's just unbelievable. Um, in Italy... Here's a headline from uh, from one of the travel feeds that we get during the week. Can tourists please stop acting like idiots in Italy? Defacing monuments and the like in Italy, and they've tried fining people, and they've tried putting up extra security and the like, but when people are under the influence of alcohol and other things, then that becomes a problem. So why is this part of a smarter traveler segment? Because if you go to destinations and you treat the people who live there with respect, and you treat the, their destination with respect, you're probably going to find yourself in a much better situation, particularly if you're somebody who likes to interact with local people. Because if you show some respect for, if you get involved, when you go on vacation someplace for a couple, three weeks or a month, what if you got involved in a volunteer project for part of a day in that city or that destination? Would that not maybe make enhance your vacation and your your experience, and maybe make future people a little bit more welcome in that destination. I'm sorry I hogged all the time here and gave you no time to talk at all. Oh no, no, Mark, I was intrigued. You 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 were just you were saying what I was thinking from the very beginning, all the way back to when we were talking about Hawaii and Maui, and and you know I don't know what's wrong with it. and and I suppose perhaps it's not just people from. From uh, you know, you you just have to look around at your own state, and look how people treat it. Yep, we have the same uh, issue in state if, parks if you, here. If you take that attitude and you and you take it to some place like Hawaii, then you're not going to be well received. But anyway, good point. Something to think about when you travel. We've been promising you for a little while that we would have this special guest on, and uh, it's time to bring on Sonny Hood, and we're going to talk unclaimed baggage. Mark, give us a little background of this unclaimed baggage interview here. Well, there's a place in Alabama, it's been there for a while, um, where airlines, once they have exhausted every method of trying to reunite a piece of baggage with its owner, uh, the baggage ends up in Scottsboro, Alabama, at the unclaimed baggage center most often. Um, and this is where Sonny is from. Hi, Sonny. Welcome to the Travel Guys. Hi. Thanks so much for having me. So tell us a little bit about the Unclaimed Baggage Center. And um, I've tried to give folks just a basic background there, but tell us a little bit about it and, and how it's evolved over the years. Sure. So Unclaimed Baggage is the nation's only retailer of lost luggage. And what that means is we have contracts with all of the major airlines, And once a bag has been lost for a minimum of 90 days, that's the airline industry standard. They spend 90 days trying to reunite a bag with its owner. If it's still unsuccessful, then a claims process occurs. The traveler is compensated for their lost belongings. And then we buy those suitcases from the airlines. 
bring them back to our facilities in Scottsboro, and our bat openers go through the contents. And on average, we sell a third of the items we receive, recycle a third, and donate a third. And how it started, we've been around for about 53 years now. We were founded by a gentleman named Mr. Doyle Owens, who was a local to Scottsboro in 1970. And his um, hobby was listening to his ham radio. So he heard on the ham one day that a, a gentleman with Trailways bus lines in Washington, D.C., stated that their travelers were leaving bags behind. So Mr. Owens saw that as an opportunity, borrowed $300 in a pickup truck, drove up to D.C. and got his first load of bags, and he sold the contents back in his hometown and ended up selling out the very first day. So he knew he had something going there all the way back in 1970, and it truly has just evolved into what it is today. Wow. What a cool story. Just so that folks know, um, Scottsboro, where this facility is located, is kind of off the beaten track a little bit between Chattanooga and Birmingham. Is Is that an accurate description, Sonny? That's right. So we're a small town just in the northeast corner of Alabama. We're a town of about 15,000 people, kind of there in the foothills of the Appalachian Mountains. Um, A lovely lake town, but yes, right there between Chattanooga and Birmingham. So for years, people have been coming and visiting you at this place and and going through other people's stuff. Pretty much. So we're one of the top tourist attractions in the state of Alabama, as you could imagine, just the uniqueness of this concept. Um, Our store stretches 50,000 square feet of retail space, so we cover an entire city block. And that sales floor is stocked with up to 7,000 new items every single day, all priced at a discount. And we like to say that you never know what you're going to find. So the treasure hunt is truly a part of the fun. Sonny, I have to ask you uh, a couple of questions. I got a ton of questions. I want to kind of ask the questions our listeners might be thinking. Uh, number one, uh, when you purchase the bags from the airlines, uh, at what price does the airlines sell them? Do they sell you a hundred bags for X amount? How is that negotiated? What, what, what is it that you pay to obtain these? Right. So we don't reveal any of the details of our contracts just due to confidentiality reasons. I can say that it varies just depending on the airline and the agreement that we have with our um, a specific partner that we might have. But what I can tell you is that we purchase these bags sight unseen. We never know what we're going to receive. Um, and we employ a truck driver who makes weekly stops around the nation to all of our partners. Okay. So, um, yeah. And so, like I said, just to kind of give you the volume of items that we're seeing, the retail store in Scottsboro is stocked with up to 7,000 new items, as I mentioned. And then our online store is stocked with around 5,000 new items a week. Um, and that might seem like a lot, but the reality is the airlines are actually successful over 99.5% of the time in reuniting these lost bags. So, I mean, it's a great success rate, and our airline partners do an excellent job, but when you consider the millions of people who travel every single day and the fact that we're the only um, company in the nation who does this, it, we still see quite a bit of items come through our doors. We are visiting with Sunny Hood. She's with Unclaimed Baggage. It's where your baggage goes to die <laughs> or to be to be open to live and again. to be sold. Now, now Sunny, the, the airline does not go through the bags in advance. You guys get the bags as they were. And uh, then you open them there at Unclaimed Baggage, at which time you uh, sort out what there is, 
put it on a shelf and make it available for sale. People aren't going to actually be going into your uh, into your warehouse or to your online store and be staring at an unopened uh, baggage, right? That's correct. So we are selling, recycling, or donating the individual items from the suitcase. However, we'll sell and donate the suitcases themselves as well. But, um, yeah, sometimes people will ask us, oh, so you're sort of like storage wars where you get to buy, you know, just a complete suitcase, not knowing what's going to be inside. But, no, we do that work in advance. So we sort through everything. Everything is laundered. We have the largest laundry operation in the state of Alabama and launder up to 40,000 items a month. So everything is nice and clean before it hits the sales floor. And then all items are priced anywhere from 20 to 80% off suggested retail value. Mark, can you imagine? You're in a small town. You must must be one of the biggest employers in the town, I'm just sort of guessing here. We are, in fact. We employ around 250 people in Scottsboro, Mm -hmm. um, which we're very proud of that. And we're really proud that, you know, we can bring millions of people to the community and get to experience Scottsboro. And it's where our founder was from. Um, His son, his eldest son, actually owns the company now. And so... His boys were raised there in Scottsboro, so it's definitely a special place for us to be. Can you imagine, Mark, uh, going online or, or going to the store there and seeing that special Giants jacket that uh, that was inside a suitcase that was never returned? <laughs> you see, well, wait a minute, it's right here. I can I can imagine. Um Sonny, last year you did a you did a road show. You took some things on the road and you were even in a couple of California cities. Uh, ex- explain that. That's right. So last year we had a belated 50 years 50 states road tour. So we celebrated 50 years of unclaimed baggage back in 2020 and had grand plans to go to all 50 states then. However, we know what happened in 2020, so it was postponed. But last year, we embarked on a 50-state road tour, brought the unclaimed baggage experience to guests all across the country. We hit 50 states in about 16 weeks, so in four months. And we would pop up at farmer's markets and vendor markets, festivals, morning shows, just delighting guests along the way and bringing the, that unclaimed baggage experience to people all across the country. And one thing we were really excited to share about that was the launch of our online store. Because for the majority of those 50 years, guests were required to make the journey all the way to Scottsboro, Alabama to shop Unclaimed Baggage. But we launched unclaimedbaggage.com, so now you can experience the brand and the fun from the comfort of your own home. And I was just going to tell folks there would be a link to your store on our website, and there will be, of course. But unclaimedbaggage.com, undoubtedly there are people who are listening to this program right now who have reached across the computer (laughs) are going there i i know a lot of ladies travel with me the idea of of being able to buy stuff at a huge discount let me ask sunny before we let you go you must have a story or seven about something unusual or different or cool or 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 just an interesting story about unclaimed baggage you know this is my favorite question and the one people always ask because every bag tells a story And some stories are more unique than others. So some of the most shocking and weird things we've ever unpacked, the first that comes to mind is the live rattlesnake. We found a live rattlesnake in the inside pocket of a duffel bag 
back in the 90s. Nobody was harmed. The snake was released. It was not sold. Um, but to me, that's the most shocking thing we've ever unpacked. That's pretty shocking. We have, <laughs> we've also unpacked real human shrunken heads, full suits of armor. Um, back in the 80s, we found, well, it arrived to us in an old Gucci suitcase. And inside were authentic, ancient Egyptian artifacts um, that dated back to biblical times. (laughs) I mean, ancient. And so those were actually sold through Christie's Auction House. Um, Some of the the strangest things we've ever found we do sell, but many we actually keep to display in our Found Treasures Museum in the store. So we're actually in the midst of remodeling this museum, and it'll have a a grand opening um, sometime this spring. But just to showcase, you know, all of these wild, we like to call them our weird and wonderful finds um, that come to us from all over the world. Wow, that is that's that great. Is just and they, Tom, there's even a museum <laughs> with all the stuff. Yeah, that I mean, this is unbelievable. Uh, Sonny, you you made reference in the beginning, and and I want to just double back to this for just a second here about donating a lot of the things that that come to you. So things that don't sell, you then move those on to a new home, also. Yes. So on average, we sell a third, recycle a third, and donate a third. So. Giving back, um, promoting sustainability has been a part of our culture since 1970, since we were founded. So our charitable foundation is called Reclaim It for Good. And some examples of the items that we donate. We're the top provider of prescription eyeglasses to the Lions Club International. So millions of pair of eyeglasses has been donated and distributed all around the globe to people who don't have access to eye care We've partnered with them for around 30 years, and over those 30 years, we have donated 1.125 million pairs of prescription eyeglasses. Um, We have an in-house charity called Love Luggage, where we paint hard-sided suitcases. We host Love Luggage events. Community members paint these suitcases with bright images or messages, and then we donate those to foster children in our area so that they have something to carry their belongings in during a hard transition. Um, of course, clothing, coats, blankets, homeless shelters, and just people in need, really the list goes on with the way that we're able to give new life to these items and to redeem them for, for good. Tom, is this, is this not like the coolest place that you've ever it heard is. of? This is, this is <laughs> awesome. This is right up my alley and Mr. Storage Wars uh, marks as well. Um, the luggage. Of course, all the stuff that you have all came in luggage, and you, you must have mm-hmm. gobs of luggage. Probably a great place to get a good deal on some pretty good quality luggage from time to time. Yeah. So we do sell luggage. Sometimes people are surprised that we don't have more suitcases in the store. But in all honesty, majority of our suitcases are donated to Love Luggage, the program I just right. mentioned. So, mm-hmm. um, and of course, you know, when you consider that these bags don't come to us for at least 90 days, and a lot of them are already pretty well loved by the traveler, they just don't meet our standard of quality. So um, we do sell some, but we donate the majority of our suitcases. Our guest has been Sunny Hood. Sunny is with Unclaimed Baggage which is in a small town in Alabama. And uh, you can go to TravelGuysRadio.com, and we'll have a link there. Um, We'll have some pictures. Uh, They have an online store. 
So you can go right down the rabbit hole and never be seen for several hours from now if you want to. And, uh, and it sounds like new stuff every week. This is there. There will be people who are sports leisure travelers who will be marking this on their computer and going back to check to see what you have. I'm Sonny. I have to come there. I, I have never been there. This has always sounded like a cool place. I, I've. It's definitely going on my on my bucket list. Thank you so much for taking <laughs> some of your time today to explain what you do at at Unclaimed Baggage in Alabama, where all of the airline luggage that that is not found. Uh, and Sonny, you say that's one half of one percent of lost luggage is all that that ends up there. But anyway, thank. Congratulations. Good luck with your mission. And uh, one of these days, some some travel guys from California will be on your doorstep. You bet. <laughs> Well, we would love to have you. Thanks so much for having me today. Don't forget now a link uh, to uh, Sunny and Unclaimed Luggage at TravelGuysRadio.com. My wife, uh, after we did this interview, and I sat down and talked to her about it, uh, she immediately went on her computer. She picked something out, and then she blinked, and somebody else bought it out from under her. So. Oh, really? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So if you go there and you see something you like, don't hesitate. It's a it's a lot more popular uh, website and stuff going on than you might imagine. Very cool. Yeah, yeah. She sounded like a, a really interesting lady. It only made me want to go and see the place in person a little bit more. We have had um, this week an inordinate number of really strange travel stories in the news. And as I was putting together the program and I thought, well, this is going to be a 30-minute newscast at the beginning. And I thought, you know, some of these things are really, they're, they're not really PG. They really should be held for the R-rated portion of the program later on in the <laughs> broadcast. So, um, yeah. so after we take this last break here, we're going to come back and we're going to present to you the weird travel news. All right. <laughs> During the safe zone uh, portion of the hour. All right, Mark, uh, you've saved the best or the weirdest. The weirdest. For the last part of the part of the program with some weird travel stories. So definitely. Let's, definitely let's the, I mean, you, as all week, um, there are a number of news feeds that send stuff to me. So I look at things. And, of course, some stories, because we won't be able to share them with you until Sunday, become outdated by the time we would share them. So we look for updates on those interesting stories that maybe haven't been provided after the initial headline. And as I was putting things together for the newscast at the front of the show this week, trying to make people a little smarter, maybe tell them something they hadn't heard about, I kept running across these stories that just really didn't fit because they were so strange. And I thought, well, when I got done with it, I didn't really have anything for the last five minutes of the show. So I thought that... This would be a would be wonderful filler. For example, from Travel Mole comes the story with the headline: "Couple abandoned their baby at check-in." Uh, a couple abandoned their own baby at check-in after being ordered to buy an infant ticket. Arriving late and with no ticket for the infant, they ditched their child and ran straight for the departure gate. This was uh, for a Ryanair plane at Tel Aviv International Airport. After boarding the plane, these couple were detained by security. They were apparently fly, flying, to, flying to Brussels. No one knows if they got there or not. They were forced to return to the gate and take their child. So, My uh, gosh, so that is thinking, weird. If you're thinking about just leaving the kid, you know, just send it to the flight to the gate attendant, just saying, you know what, didn't really want this kid anyway. It was a mistake. Here, you take, <laughs> you take him. 
Um, it's terrible. Yeah, well, and then, of course, there's the story that everybody's heard of by now of the guy who showed up at uh, the airport with his assault rifle and 163 uh, rounds of ammunition, including some of it, 30 rounds, loaded into the gun itself. Five uh, extra magazines were also with the gun. So uh, this guy was traveling from New Orleans International Airport. I don't know about you, but gosh, you know, I can't, I, I can't even count on the times of, fingers of two hands the number of times I've gone to the airport and forgotten that I had my semi-automatic weapon in there, all loaded <laughs> and everything. I, I hate it when that happens. I me too. Uh -huh, you know, I mean, the weapon was loaded. There are procedures for taking guns. You can take guns on an airplane. There are procedures for doing it. Loading it up ahead of time and trying to get it through TSA would not be one of them. In Portland, continuing the weird travel news, in the city that prides itself, whose theme is keep Portland weird. The weirdos in Portland decided that they should all gather together, and uh, they so they did. In the middle of the winter, um, there's a picture of this online. They decided to all get together and do a short film so that people would see all of them and realize that Portland is still weird, including the gentleman who walks around town most of the time with a sign which is on a, a fake fork which says, Brockupy Portland, as in <laughs> broccoli, yes, Brockupy. And his, his headdress is a large, looks like a large broccoli crown. So the folks in Portland have done a little two-minute film to be able, I couldn't find it anywhere. So I'll keep looking for it and try to stick it online um, for you sometime uh, next week. And then here comes the really strange uh, one. Sometimes, oh, one stranger. Yeah. Sometimes, Tom, it's become a favorite trick of people who are traveling together on airplanes. They will reserve the window seat and the aisle seat and leave the middle seat open in hopes that by creating that oddball seat that there's a greater chance that that middle seat will stay open. So a couple gets on a plane in Chattanooga. They get on a plane, and they've got the middle seat open. Well, they, their luck runs out, and a guy gets on the plane, and before they're getting ready to depart, and he sits down in the middle seat. The guy on the aisle, thinking he's got the perfect solution for this, says, hey, I'll tell you what, um, that's my wife there, and really we would like to sit together. Would you mind taking the window seat? And the guy said, no, I've got longer legs, and I don't. I prefer not to have the window seat. And the guy said, well, then how about if you take the aisle seat, and I'll take the middle seat. And the guy said, you know, uh, the middle seat uh, is, is comfortable. I'm very comfortable here, and I'm fine. It's only a two-hour <laughs> flight, and I, I'm, I'm fine. So the guy on the aisle gets PO'd at the guy who won't take the seat. Now, remember, they've set this up intentionally this way. And he says afterwards, he says, I don't understand why the guy wouldn't take the seat. They always take the, the, the seat. The aisle seat or the window is preferable <laughs> to the middle seat. I don't understand why he would take it. So he started yelling at the guy. The flight attendant came down the aisle, said, what's going on? The guy in the middle seat says, I don't know. I just got on the plane and sat in the seat I'm supposed to, and this guy wants me to move, and I'm not interested in moving, and he's ranting and raving and screaming at me and stuff. So the gentleman and his wife are put off the aircraft. All because, all because the guy in the middle decided that, yeah, that's where he was comfortable. He was happy there. Yeah, he was happy there. So um, the next time you're thinking that I've done this before with somebody I'm traveling with, we get on a Southwest plane, 
you know, and you take the window and the aisle. And you hope that maybe that doesn't make the middle seat isn't a very attractive place, and maybe it stays open, and you get lucky, and you have an open middle seat. But when somebody gets on, then, of course, you can try to trade with them, and I'm guessing that most people would be happy to trade out of a middle seat. But in this case, the gentleman wasn't, so um, literally the two people got taken off the off the plane. It was a Delta flight, and um, they are now not allowed to fly on Delta Airlines for the next year because the guy ranted and raved. And and so, ladies and gentlemen, um, if you want to Brocupy Portland, uh, you prefer the middle seat, um, or you just want to leave your baby at the boarding gate, why, um, these are all you options, could, and that's your tra- weird travel news. For today. Yeah, and, and you could make the travel guy's weird travel news uh, with those kind of stories. You know, <clears throat> Southwest will uh, will tell people straight up uh, that, uh, by the way, uh, this is a completely full flight, over full. And if you think that by putting a bag or... Not making eye contact with the people coming down the aisle and uh, or trying to put a, you know, a pound cake in the middle seat or whatever you think you might be able to do. Uh, you might want to just forget about it because, uh, you know, yeah. we're going to occupy that seat with someone. Exactly. Exactly. And so it's yes, the things that people do. All right. Next week here on the Travel Guys, we are going to one of the things we're going to do is go to the travel mailbag. It's really one of our most requested segments. If you have a question, go to TravelGuysRadio.com. There's a place there where you can leave the question and we'll answer it on the air next week. In the meantime, dance like nobody's watching. Have a safe week, my friends. Stay well. We'll see you next week right here on The Travel Guys. Check us out at TravelGuysRadio.com.